Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller on the eve of the official star week number one of college football. We welcome you to the program. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, in about 25 minutes, we'll head to Lincoln. We're going to catch Stephen M. Sippel on 3 Media. Uh, he will join us about 10.25, which is probably about oh, just a few minutes before the media is actually let in to watch some Nebraska practice. So we'll get Sip. Uh, for a few minutes, coming up here at 1025. Speaking of coming up, and I think it's at the point now we can call the KXNO Blood Drive an mm-hmm. annual event. Yeah, we're getting there, aren't we? I think it's this year three or four. Yeah, 2020 kind of threw a little bit oh, of a wrench true. into yeah, things. A little bit, as it did the entire world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, that's coming up, and Danielle West from uh, uh, from the blood uh, folks at the Blood Service will join us. Life Serve um, Life Serve Blood Center will join us and uh, give us some more details. But it's at Principal Park again from seven thirty until two o'clock. They're accepting signups now. If you want to uh, participate, if you've done this before uh, and you want to stop by Principal Park and and go through the process, you can speed up the process by uh, registering in advance, and you can do so. Uh, at Life Serve Blood Center. You, uh, you can find their website, uh, lifeservebloodcenter.org. But Daniel West, more information on the annual KXNO Blood Drive. It's always the week of Cyhawk. What color do you bleed? Um, and that will be coming up here, obviously, next week. So she will join us. At 11.05, John Camp was at the Iowa Media Vale yesterday and also uh, will opine a little bit on baseball. I thought I watched the two best teams in the National League last night. But I was entertained. The Mets and the Dodgers. What a terrific baseball game. That brace, I, I get it. Uh, some brace fans piping up, what do you mean? Throw <laughs> us into the equation. They're good. I get it. I agree. Um, but we'll talk to John Camp and then David Kaplan. As the Bears get one week closer to kicking off their season, uh, Cappy will join us. The White Sox, you can go ahead and get the shovels and throw dirt on the 2022 season because it is over for the White Sox. Tony LaRosa walking away. I have to think so, don't you? I think he does it to himself. Yes, he knows. Yep. The conversation between friends still needs to happen. Absolutely. Right? And I think Tony Russo will make it easy on his friend, the owner, right. uh, and say, look, this isn't working. They need a new voice, and, and off he will go. Reinsdorf wanted to make it right. He was disappointed himself the way that he fired Tony LaRusa. Mm-hmm. He felt pressure at the time. He was a young owner at the time. This is, what, back early 80s, yeah. 82, 83, yeah. in that I'm range. Sure. And he felt terrible about it for almost 40 Decades. years. Yes. So he was trying to make it right. Uh-huh. And there was a team put together. It didn't work. It's it, been a disaster. It, it has. Yeah, it has. And look, there, there, you can go back and forth. I mean, LaRusa is, um, would an old school manager work with today's players? Mm-hmm. For a while, it thought looked like maybe it would, um, but, it, but it hasn't. This team is just, I don't want to say they've quit or given up, but boy, oh boy, Trent, it sure looks as though they're ready to hit the golf course. Oh yeah, you know there, there's there is no doubt. Oh. And does this all stem back to when who was the guy that got off to the great start? Oh, last year. Now yes. he's with the Giants. Yes, yes. Uh, Portly do kind of look like you, uh, Mercedes. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, uh, yo, it starts with a Y. Yovan. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Why Mercedes? You're, you're mean. That's it. You're mean. You're Mercedes. mean Mercedes. Yes. I mean it's. 
That was the first big one. Well, he got pissed off at him after yes. he hit a home run against the Twins. And it was like a 3-0 count. Is that right? Is that what it was? Something like that. But I don't know if he, it was against the Twins, but that was exactly what He broke a rule, an unwritten rule of baseball in Tony's old unwritten rule. Yes. And from there, yeah. it has been seemingly one thing after another. From Yeah, that was two years ago, but this, but true. But I there's mean, always that, something. Yep. There has always yep. been something. Even when they're playing well, there was always something there. And then this season has been Ugh. nothing short of a disaster. Trent, they've never have they led the division? Maybe, maybe April. Probably. I mean, the Twins held it forever, and then Cleveland's the one that overtook them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I would guess if they did, it was early on. But nothing certainly since May. No, it's been a long time. Where since you're, they have. what? They were ten games better than anybody else in the over unders coming into the season, right? And and still in May, June, and July. Yeah, the Guardians were a narrow favorite, but the second choice and not too far behind was the White Sox to win this thing. Uh, and clearly it's going to be the Twins and these two battling out. Now, I get it. The White Sox do have a lot of games left with the Twins, mm-hmm. not as many with the Guardians. Right. Um, but, boy, the Twins, uh, they've got it all in front of them. They do. Eight games remaining against the Guardians, including uh, the first series will be at home with three, then five in Cleveland in the middle of September. That'll decide a lot, including a doubleheader on that Saturday. So a big wraparound series mm. that probably is going to decide it. They get it done again last night. That's what I had on the last Nick evening. The Nick Gordon game. Yes. Grand Slam Nick Gordon. That? And how about down 0-2 in the count, too? I mean, not, not just hitting the Grand Slam. And I was... I was boiling at that point. They had just given up the lead. Oh, down 0-2. He's mm-hmm. going to strike out. I I was fuming. <laughs> I was back into it. I finally, The Twins had sucked me back in. Yeah, and this was pissed. the cheap home run that just got over the fence or circled Absolutely. around the foul pole. And did, this thing was crushed. Did you see Sanchez an inning later? No. He went third deck. Did he? It was Holy murdered. Michael. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that was 442. That's not 442. Mm-hmm. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be 475. I'll never understand how they measure those. Nor will I, but um, nonetheless, uh, the the Twins got a win, uh, kept pace with the Guardians as they won yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Uh, Dodgers-Mets was terrific television last night. I know Haney uh, pitched. I watched the highlights last night. Mm -hmm. Hurt himself early in the game. So with Gonsolin hurt, he, he he can take one of those spots. He's great. He is. I remember him with the Angels. He was terrible. Uh-huh. How does this happen? Don't know. I mean, reclamation projects are one thing, but this is another Different thing. pitching coach? With these organizations, with the Yankees, with the Dodgers, with these uh-huh. high-level organizations, Andrew Haney for a half decade was a C-minus starting pitcher. Mediocre. At best. Yes. And then he goes there. He's been terrific. And he's got an ERA south of two. Mm-hmm. He's striking out a huge number of guys that he's never done at this level before. Just that. I guess. I mean, maybe it's a different release point because he comes across his body Mm -hmm. and everything finishes on the inside of the plate. Yes. Uh, But he was really good and the game was good last night. Uh, Mercedes apparently hit the the home run off a position player, too. Okay. I just texted that little nugget Uh to add to the story. But, yeah, that's kind of where it certainly started, uh, seemingly. All right, so Iowa and Iowa State had their press conferences yesterday. We'll talk to John Bowenkamp about 11 uh, on uh, on that, Mm -hmm. on Iowa's. Uh, Iowa State, you were able to glean some nuggets from uh, somebody who's actually been to a couple of practices. Obviously, we're not going to name names (laughs) because they would like to get in next fall to see a couple (laughs) more practices, I'm assuming. Uh, but what were some of the, you know, the nuggets that he shared with you that you feel comfortable sharing uh, with the audience that won't get him or you? Well, not you. You won't get in trouble. No, no, not at all. <laughs> right. Uh, one thing is the offensive line, all the, we've heard some positives. Mm-hmm. Still not there yet. 
still a ways Again, to go. Again, huh? Every, seemingly every single year. It's been the case. Is it ever going to get to that level? I mean, we, we're at this point now six years in, and if it is another year where offensive lines, okay, mm-hmm. they're all right. That's all they need to be, though, I think. Well, but also not. remember, here, they've had David Montgomery and uh-huh. Brees Hall. That's true. And Jirel Brock, he's got the starting That's job. That's why I tapped the brakes when I started to say they just need to be mediocre, but they had some dudes behind them. Right. We're talking about two guys that were high NFL draft picks. Mm-hmm. Is Jirel Brock that? No. No. no gosh, we haven't no. seen that. No. Is I don't think Jirel Brock's the starter Eli when Sanders turns to October. I don't know. Cortavius Norton? I don't know. That's knew the one Montgomery we'll see. and Hall were. Right. But we knew, and we knew seemingly right away with those guys, that they uh-huh. were special, that they were different. We haven't seen that out of Brock, and we haven't seen the guys, other guys enough to know that. But if it is another offensive line that just, okay, mm-hmm. and you don't have that special running back, mm-hmm. that changes the dynamic pretty absolutely, pretty significantly does. for this Iowa State offense. And let's not forget, Hunter Deckers is a left-hander. Mm-hmm. Uh, he throws the ball with his left hand. So what does that mean? That the blind side is being protected by Jake Remsburg. Oops. And he was listed in the depth chart. I know. Trent, he's we, not We've playing. heard. From many different people. Weeks, not days. Weeks. Maybe the Iowa game. Maybe. I've heard even let I I would be surprised from what I've heard if he's back for next week. I said a more, I've I've heard more realistic is Big 12 when you get to the Baylor game. Mm -hmm. That that's maybe, and maybe, you know, you get a few snaps the week before, but full go Baylor game. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, then you're shuffling the decks once again on yep. that offensive line. Now, they said good things about Triber. Who's they got, did. Who's going to yep. come in to replace him. He's yep. a big dude. Uh, he's been in the program for a while, but he wasn't going to be the starter if Redsburg was healthy. Now, that's a little, uh, okay, so negative things. One thing, though, that I got excited about this defense and the decision that we saw from Haycock as they transformed into this umbrella that everybody has copied mm-hmm. across the country. Yep is in order to pull it off successfully and be able to do it at a high level, you have to have a space eater. If Ray Lima wasn't there when they started this, I don't know if it would have worked mm. because he could occupy two, sometimes three blockers. He had a really good career, Trent. He oh, really had a he, really good career. And, he's back, and where did he go to Tampa and then he just decided not to play football? He's back on the staff there. He's a grad assistant up is at Iowa he? State. Yeah. Good for him. Also heard that yesterday, which is great because yes. he was a fun player to watch. And he, without him, like I said, I don't yep. know if this defense works at the same level. You have to have a space eater. Mm-hmm. I know they're excited about Singleton, but a couple of the young guys. We've talked about Howard Brown. It, it's not just that he was a quarterback in high school and it's hilarious seeing this 300-pound right. kid play in high school. He can move. He can move around out there, and they're excited about him. But this Dominique Orange, apparently pad level. And he's a true freshman. Is, is already not? good. Yeah. He understands leverage. He's going to be another one of those guys that can just occupy space in the middle, and then you're allowing... Orion Vance uh-huh. and everybody else to fly uh-huh. around and make plays out there. They're really excited. Not just about what they have right now at defensive tackle, but the future at both that nose and so D-tackle. So Orange position. is going to play this year. I think probably he's going to get some on snaps. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, this would probably be one that uh-huh. they're going to get his feet with. Number wet, 95, so. if you're at the yes. stadium or watching on ESPN+. Plus. Howard Brown, okay. Dominique Orange, keep yep. an eye on that. The depth of the defensive line, they are excited about it. Depth at the defensive end position, still a little bit of a concern. but Behind Will McDonald? Yes, okay. and, and on the other side, Peterson. But they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty excited about what they have on the defensive line. This is as deep as they feel like they've been up front. Not so much at linebacker. That'd probably be the one concern defensively. Depth at the linebacker mm-hmm. spot if injuries hit. Yep. But overall, they're excited. Another place is cornerback. they got three good ones. Mm-hmm. 
they're not sure after that. Though. Gotcha. And it's going to have to so be Tampa, some Kyle, and, and Purchase. Yes. They're so, uh, and then uh, they said some good things about the former receiver, the six foot four kid, Porter. Porter. He's six four, though. Yeah. Don't see many of those cornerbacks, right? You don't. And then after him, it's going to be some young guys that are going to have to step up. I, mean, so, I like cor- I like big corners, but I'm talking six two, six one. You're right, six four is 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 rare. It is. It is rare. Like TJ Tampa's a big corner. Uh, he's listed at six two. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's a big corner. Mm-hmm. This guy's two inches taller. Right. In the scheme of things, TJ Tampa is a big corner. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, offensively? Anything at the running backs? Uh, not much running back. One thing I did hear is throughout August camp, uh, Jalen Knoll. Has dominated. Has he? He is going to get the ball in a lot of different ways. We haven't heard a lot about him. I think just because we know he is what he is, right? He's a Uh slot guy. He's really fast. He was good last year. But he is taking a big step forward here during August camp. So we're excited about Xavier Hutchinson. We know he's going to do his thing on the Mm -hmm. outside. Expect even more out of uh, Jalen Knoll. Uh, one thing also on that front, the Colorado transfer. Yep, the uh, speedy kid. Yes, yep, yep. A yep. little bit smaller, maybe okay. than you, you'd think. Dimitri, yep. he's uh, Stanley. Yep. Yeah, but he's fast, just mm-hmm. like you said. So they're gonna have speed there. Um, yeah. So those are at least a few of the nuggets that I was able to glean uh, talking to somebody that's been at a couple of Iowa State practices. Yeah, good stuff. Um, well, that, that's that's Iowa State. Now let's go to Iowa. Um, you know what? Uh, what I've learned over the years, and, and maybe it's just that he's. Um, I don't know, he's changing his philosophy. Ferentz opens up more than I think he used to. Oh, absolutely. Right? We talked a little bit yesterday, you know, he'll come in every once in a while, you know he's got something that he wants to get off, get off and he just wants to talk about. But yeah, he'll open up a little bit more. I think you have to ask it kind of in the right way. You Mm -hmm. have to be able to figure out exactly how you're going to pull it out of Kirk. But yeah, if he wants to talk, if he wants to tell a story, if he wants to go a little bit deeper, he will. He's still going to give you the platitudes, right? It's going to be some of the coach speak that you're so used to and everybody's respected and every opponent and all those things. But yeah, if you're looking in the right spots, you can find some stuff out of Kirk. Uh, indeed you can. So there's certainly some uh, some concerns there. Regani's going to miss. I mean, I don't think there's any way in, in that he's going to play in the Seahawk game. No. Uh, and they talked about the walk-on receivers and the reason that they're going to get an opportunity to play as walk-ons this year is because of the lack of depth. Mm-hmm. And it's it's clearly an issue. Clearly an issue. Spencer Petras said the right things. You know, that, he's, that one of the things he worked on was being able to put a bad play behind him and not let it come back and, and, and uh, be a factor in another bad play, that he's had to learn to deal with that. And that was one of his off-season goals, and he feels pretty good about that. Obviously, the proof is going to be in the pudding uh, when the game action begins. So uh, those are kind of my takeaways, that Ference is opening up there. He didn't get a lot, really, but no. I'm not sure what questions were out there for Iowa. No, I think we, we have a pretty good feeling. Kickers are still going to battle. Yep. Uh, that was one thing. Um, going to give them both an opportunity, mm-hmm. it looks like. They're both going to have mm-hmm. an opportunity to to get the job and run with it. And if one struggles, obviously, it'll be a pretty easy decision on that front. This is Petrus's job, and there's a long leash, too. That's a question Sounds that like I like it, yeah. right. This is not where I've posed the question how many times this summer. Yep. Petrus yep. goes out, has a bad start. What if? How quick is the hook? Uh-huh. It doesn't sound like it's going to be Does good. It means set in stone yeah. is, is, is essentially what uh, Coach Ferentz said uh, yesterday, that, it, that it's his gig. You know, we've got the question a lot. What's Padilla? Why did Padilla stick around? Well, we both, I think, would probably bet a lot of money last year at the end of the season oh, that right. he wouldn't have. Well, he's going to be a doctor, right? 
That helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the University of Iowa. Yeah, it's a pretty good pretty good place to stay. Right. I didn't know that. He's going to be a doctor. Yeah. He, I mean, he is a well, really... Well, the answer to your question. He's a really smart kid. Uh-huh. He's high academic. He is going to have a big time future. Good I, for him. Whatever his future turns out to be, if it is medical school, I know there's a couple other things, but he's a high academic kid. Wow. I think more than anything, that's what it is. All right. Well, I transfer home. I go to Colorado State. Colorado State degree is nice. Mm-hmm. University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. The hospital right, right there. Right there. In the Big Ten. Uh-huh. Eh. No, I agree with you. And I, I just... Hey, look, he played last year. He did, and I played well at times. At times. Yeah. Drops hurt him. Uh, okay. That Minnesota game, was there eight drops in that game? There was a bunch. I don't remember the number. You would more than I would. Petrus, does he get to 60% completion percentage? If That's, he does, Trent, where does it... That better... Okay. No, not a better question. A part B to the question, if he does get to 60%, and I hope that he does, mm-hmm. what does this mean for the team? If he's there, he throws 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. Trent, that uh, you would sign for that right now. 2,400 yards, 200 a game. Can I, can I up the, can I, uh, the receivers are so banged up. I was going to say, can I up the touchdowns to 18, 20? No, not with Beatrice. Not going to allow that. Probably not. No. Happening, right? 12 games. Remember, he threw one in the last eight I games know of the season. He did. And I forgot what? about that. When you when you laid that little nugget on it sometime in July. Anyways, we'll take a timeout. Sipple's going to join us. We don't have him for a full segment, but we will get him as he, uh, as he and the rest of the media get let into practice, at least for the uh, time being. I wonder what the mood is like. Oh, it's got to be down. Is it as bad as it's ever been? Oh, that's a good one. Because, yeah. I mean, there were, there were some awful periods over the last few years, mm-hmm. but this just seemed like started a new blah, blah, blah. Miller and Condon underway on a Wednesday. Des Moines. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports Station 106 for details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Might be my favorite bump, TC. Really good. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO, approaching 1030. Uh, we're going to get simple for a few minutes. Uh, but after that, do want to spend a couple of minutes on the uh, the Big 12's move here today. Uh, full marks to your mark, who is um, going to be the uh, figurehead that sits on the other side of the table from Fox and ESPN. What does that mean? Big 12 is uh, going to the negotiation table sooner than they would have expected to do so, moving the timetable up, a kind of uh, a game of chess between uh, Klyavkov and your mark, and the Big 12 has Connor. Let's get to Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. He's going to get into practice in a few minutes, so we don't have him long. Uh, Sip, uh, we'll move to Thursdays going forward, but wanted to get you early in the week, if that's okay. Thanks for coming on here today. I guess just kind of give us the uh, the mood after um, you know week zero did not go their way, and a lot of people traveled a long way to see the team get beat uh, by Northwestern. The mood. Everybody's handling the loss really well. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's a no. It's predictably uh, a little tense around here. Uh, 
<laughs> the mood. Um, yeah, it's not great. I don't think people handle it. I don't think, I don't know. You know, it's hard to speak for everybody. I think there's a lot of the fan base that probably handles it okay. You hear from, kind of predictably, you hear from, uh, the loud voices are really loud right now. There's, I don't know. I, it, there's a lot of anger and frustration. I mean, Scott's 15 and 31. Yeah. And uh, he's lost their, you know, they've lost their last seven. So none of that's good. No, no. Seven straight, one loss, uh, one score loss is also on top of it. I mean, is this as bad as it's been, though? Is this the, it really feels inevitable that this is the beginning of the ultimate end for Scott Frost? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always equate it to a plane in a spiral, and uh, you can see the treetops right now, you know. He, he is, I, I give him a chance. I give him a chance to pull out of it. But, I mean, the fact is, I'm in the cabin with my wife, and I've been pretty reassuring with my tones to this point in the plane, but now I'm like, hey, uh, might want to call a couple of the grandkids and tell them this might be it. <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So I think it's a little rough, right? It's going to be tough. Now you got to, I'm, I'm, I leave open the possibility that they can spin out of it. I was a little disappointed in some things. I, I might've, okay, I'll just put it to you this way. I thought I predicted seven and five, but one of the wins was against Northwestern. So I'm down to six and six. They're probably not, as good as quite as good as I thought, and so that takes me down to five. So that's kind of where I'm at. Hmm. Sip, uh, I want to talk about one of the things that jumped off to me: the onside kick aside, which was just a boneheaded decision when you had all the momentum. But what kind of shocked me, Sip, is how Porter and Hull, the two Northwestern running backs, seem to have their way late in the game uh, with Nebraska's defense. They pushed them around, Sip, especially the offensive line, who's good for Northwestern. Don't get me wrong, but man, they manhandled them, Sip. That's alarming. Yeah, that, well, here's the deal here. Of the three units, fans, media, prognosticators, were whoever, was most confident in Nebraska's defense. And the fact that Northwestern rolled up 528 yards of total offense, Jesus. especially, yeah, it, it, you know, that's an offense that was abysmal last year. And it couldn't run the ball against anybody anybody so yeah i mean that's definitely that's the part of it that concerned me the most i can't speak for everybody but the defense is let down overall let down not just in the last part of the game throughout the game was the part that causes me the most concern because how do you do it in the big 10 if you can't stop the that's run? just think it. About, right i think about nebraska's last five games now you can put illinois in there illinois Minnesota, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. They're, they're, they're relentless. Those teams are relentless. They'll run it at you seven, eight, nine times until you prove you can stop it. And if, and if Nebraska doesn't shore it up, it's just going to be a very, very long season. It's scary. And that's where we are at this point. We know the buyout goes down on October 1st. They don't get a win against Oklahoma could they pull the Band-Aid off that quickly? I would just get a jump start on everything, start being able to talk to candidates or agents of candidates and get a jump start on anybody. Is that a realistic timeline, or do you believe, even if it's going south, that Scott Frost 
is going to get all of 2022. No, I don't know. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a for sure element in this. No, if they would falter in one of these next two oh, games and boy. lose to Oklahoma, yeah, I. No, there's no guarantees that he's going to make it through. No, no way. No, it's all very tenuous right now. Yeah. But, I mean, where I stand on it is, here's the thing. And I, we catch we all kind of catch ourselves doing this with Nebraska, I think. We talk about them like they're awful. They're not awful. I mean, I don't talk about them like they're awful, and I don't write it off because I could end up looking like a complete moron if I write it off and they go on a five-game heater, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not that far off. That's the – I mean, they weren't far off from winning the opener. Probably should have won the opener. Yeah, don't onside so, kick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's a tricky conversation with them because they never get blasted, you know? They're always in games. They play the best – the very best teams, tough Ohio State and Michigan last year. And Oklahoma. Had great team. And Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma game is the one that always stands out in my mind because that's when it da- that's when it kind of crystallized in my brain. They're not too far behind Oklahoma. You know, they weren't in that game and just personnel. They're not. It's not a – I mean, right now Oklahoma's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, and I – I'd still think I'd still be. I wouldn't be okay. This is where this is what I mean by tricky. They lost seven in a row. Frost is fifteen and thirty-one, but I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Oklahoma. Hmm. I mean, you can't say that very often about teams. If you think about that scenario, you don't talk about bad teams that way, right? I wouldn't talk about Syracuse right now. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Oklahoma. I I would be surprised if they beat Oklahoma. But I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be surprised if Indiana beat Oklahoma. I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska beat Oklahoma. Couple of positives, if uh, the the transfer receiver from uh, I think New Mexico State, uh, Garcia Castaneda, I believe is his name. Anthony Grant ran the ball hard. But where I want to go with you is, is Casey Thompson. Obviously, I mean, he, he makes that play like he's running around his backyard. But after that, that was kind of it. What happened, Sip? Because he sure looked good early. Oh, there's a. I think it's. I think the Travis Bokalek injury is a big part of that conversation. Bokalek went down in the third quarter after having, he's the big tight end, six foot eight tight end, um, had five catches for 63 yards. All, all the catches went for first downs. He went down. That changed that, yeah, that changed certainly some play calls, changed the feel and the look of the offense a, a little bit. Northwestern start blitzing. I mean, they were they were, they were using four man rushes a lot. Nebraska handled their four handled Northwestern's four man rush really well. Now then, then they turned up the blitz a little bit. I think that was part of it. I think also that something that's more intangible happened that I sort of anticipated, and that is the pressure ramped up. I thought if, if that game was close in the fourth quarter, the advantage would swing to Northwestern because Nebraska's got incredible pressure i mean just the coaches in particular have incredible pressure but it's bound to seep to the players because they're asked about it all the time i mean just think about it guys this this staff has to win Mm -hmm. it has to win eight i you know and now now you're in the fourth quarter against a team that has really it's an underdog northwestern was a pronounced underdog and fitzgerald's under no pressure northwestern has no pressure they had a it was just a fun trip and now here we go. We're in the fourth quarter, and we and 
the team that has all the pressure is starting to show it, I think. I mean, I thought it showed a little bit. I thought you know, what I'm getting at is I think Casey started pressing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I thought the play calls showed that they were pressing a little bit. They just abandoned the run pretty much. Just, you know, they weren't – what were they down? Down four, up up three, whatever it was. And they just were flinging it. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with that. But also – the running game wasn't doing much, and I think that obviously affects Casey, right? I mean, you're, if your running game's rolling, that's going to help your passing game a lot. A lot more openings, play actions more available. So I think a lot of it is that. Whipple gets thrown under the bus. Of course, Scott Frost looking for somebody to throw under the bus seemingly after every single game. The thing about Frost, though, he loses his play-calling duties. He's told no one certain terms by Alberts, go find an offensive coordinator. He does. So he's not doing the same thing on the sideline. Can we make the correlation or the connection, Sip, that that onside kick is just because, hey, i got to show I'm doing something over here. I'm going to call up this onside kick. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think you're you're sort of taking some liberties in knowing what, you're, what you think happened. I, I don't think it was Scott's call. Well, I mean, I'll ultimately, I don't think it was his idea. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have said no to it. But no, I don't know. After finding some things out about it, I I initially thought what you might what you're suggesting, Trent, but after you know talking to some people, uh, it became clear that's not what that was. I mean, he it wasn't his idea. They they legitimately saw some. If you watch it, if you watch the film of it, there was a gaping hole. For, Northwestern kind of in a was lined up in a kind of a peculiar way on their kickoff their kickoff return team had a had it had a guy split way towards the sideline, left the gap. And I think Nebraska would tell you that if, if that kicker kicked it about eight yards further to the sideline, that they would have been in business. Um, that's a stretch. I still think it's... I do, too. I very, don't like it. Very, very peculiar decision. Um, I get what he was... I get... I understand what he was saying. I don't agree what Scott was saying in that. We thought the game... We could end the game there. I just think that's a really flawed reason. I, the, you thought you could end the game with nine minutes to go in the third quarter. I mean, Northwestern was moving the ball. Yeah, they were not just on the ground; they were moving it through the air. Washington looks um, good. That receiver. Yeah, and, and I thought Holinsky looked really good. I did too. Touch him. They didn't touch him. They literally didn't even touch him. Yep. My shirt was dirtier after that game than Holinsky. <laughs> um, so I, I don't. Uh, I, I, I don't. I just disagreed with. If Scott really felt that, I, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. He might have just been trying to come up with reasons hmm. to defend some people. But I, I think Scott more or less fell on the sword a little bit. But I want to emphasize, he could have said no. Yep. He could have said no. Right. Yeah. And he should have probably should have said no. That's hindsight. But he should have said no. Indeed. How was Dublin? Though? Game aside, it was loved it. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you something, man. That that is an incredible experience for those kids and and anybody that went. I mean, that's a very welcoming town, uh, Dublin. It's a very welcoming environment. It's you know, I I feared that I'd get there and it'd be like driving through, you know, Urbandale, <laughs> um, but it's it's decidedly not. 
So you learn a lot about a different culture, and it's a very interesting culture. The people there are very humorous, most of them. They have a great sense of humor, but it's interesting to me because it turns dark pretty fast. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they trend that way. It's interesting. Um, and the, but but the, the stadium is just it's on it's it's just gorgeous it's like I, I don't know it's very handsome it's very unique um it's set right pretty close walking distance from the dublin city center so it's really cool that way and i have nothing bad to say about the trip i thoroughly enjoyed the game i mean i get that's the thing i don't i'm a little different because i'm not a fan you know i'm just an objective guy and i i really enjoyed it I thought the game was great. It was. Like, it, yeah. Easy to write about. Uh, kids played really hard. Actually, in a lot of ways, both teams played pretty well under the circumstances. So, yeah, if, if, yeah, I'm really – I'll tell you what, too. If Nebraska would have won the game, and I'm not even sure a loss affects it that much, I think they'd go back. Hmm. I, I don't think they went there thinking that, but I think they came back thinking that. Well, I know they did. It was a great experience. On 3 Media, Stephen M. Sippel joining us as he does each and every week during the college football season. Steve, we'll push back to uh, next Thursday. That's probably a little bit better for your schedule, but uh, I'll be in touch. Uh, On 3 Media, if you want to sign up, do you still have that special going on? Do you know if it's still on? Uh, It is still on, but it is um, in its final days, so if people can get on it, this would be a good time to do it. I think it's a buck for the year, right? Like a dollar. It's a buck for the year, yeah, and it won't last that much long. Uh, on three media, find the Nebraska site and away you go. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you to both of you. Appreciate it. Yep. Take care. Steven Sippel uh, from on three media. Ah, can you imagine the no. mood over there? That's Trent. I hate this. I put it like this all the time. And there's more. They have, but this is really all they have sports wise. It is. Yeah. And they have a great volleyball program. Uh huh. They have good a, baseball team. Their Olympic Normally. sports are pretty good, but they don't move the needle. Well, they do. Well, over there... They support them. But not like they support Nebraska football. Greg Sharp, their play-by-play voice. We know here, WHO, the home of the Hawkeyes, Yeah, they have the weekly Kirk Ferentz show. Gary Dolphin, it's once a week. Mm-hmm. Greg Sharp has a nightly show that is syndicated across the state for all their affiliates mm-hmm. talking two hours Nebraska football only. No Big Ten. There's no national. It is talking Cornhuskers every night with the mm-hmm. play-by-play voice Across all, it's, it's, it's they're incredible. Affiliates. I lived there in the in the fall of '94. That was a big time for him. It was incredible just to just to be kind of ensconced in it. Mm-hmm. All. Yeah, it was amazing. It really is. It just, uh, but boy, oh boy, ooh, that was, that was that seems like a long time ago. And it's never coming back. No, it's not. Real quick, uh, Big Twelve Media is mm-hmm. uh, is reopened. They're going to meet with ESPN. They may be now Fox. One of them is after Labor Day. I think this is a great move because now the Pac-12 has been given where they think their parameters come in. Mm-hmm. If the Big 12 meets and they uh, they have something to take to the four-corner schools. Something tangible. Correct. All right. If you guys stay together, even with Oregon and Washington, you get $30 million a year. And you know, but it's, and we'll throw in this cabinet, but you know as soon as the Big 10 calls, right. they're going, right? Or come with us, we are told... Already, we're getting thirty. If we add you, we're getting forty. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Nobody's leaving. Right out of our group, yep. nobody's gone. We don't have an Oregon. We don't have a Washington. We are twelve schools together, mm-hmm. and you add and you get us to sixteen. It is a power move from the Big Twelve. It is where they should be, 
and this is the way that it should have Absolutely. gone. Absolutely. You now have something tangible that you're going to be able to go and show Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, this is what we can do for you. 1045, uh, we have a an annual event coming up, the KXNO Annual Blood Drive. It's coming up a week from Friday at Principal Park. Happens each and every Friday before the Cyhawk game. At least this will be year number three, as we hope to build on that. But Danielle West from the LifeServe Blood Center will join us with more details on that. We've had great participation, great sign-ups for this uh, over the year. If you've uh, done it in the past or you want to get involved, uh, LifeServeBloodCenter.org. Uh, is where you can find all the details. You can just keep listening here as Daniel West from that organization will join us when we come back. Give them a few minutes to promote the annual KXNO Blood Drive from 7.30 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon at Principal Park. Not this Friday, the following Friday, September the 9th. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. One other farmer's market going on tonight. That's in Waukee, the Waukee Farmer's Market tonight. Uh, that goes on in the downtown triangle Wednesdays through the end of September uh, from 4 until 7 tonight. So Bon Durant and Waukee in the spotlight. Nick Mick, NCMIC, uh, makes those uh, public service announcements possible. Life Serve Blood Center, they are back. We are back in conjunction with them. It is indeed time for the, well, not today, but a week from Friday, the KXNO annual blood drive taking place at Principal Park. Danielle West from the marketing. We can call it annual. Can we not, Danielle? This is what, year three or four of this uh, joint venture. Yes, absolutely. I think it's definitely an annual blood drive at this point. Absolutely is. So we're, we're uh, pumped to be back there, uh, 7.30 till 2 o'clock are the hours. And if you've told us in the past, Danielle, that uh, it's it's so much easier for the donor to uh, go through the process in advance of the actual date, right? So you want to get the sign-ups and get the paperwork as much as you can done out of the way, as that will uh, get you in and out of there if you're on a, 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 a tight time schedule, get that done quicker if indeed you sign up in advance yes absolutely we're still definitely encouraging appointments so people can schedule online they can give us a call they can find us on social media get them scheduled and then they'll get all the reminders they can fill out their health questionnaire that morning before they come into their donation and that'll save them time too and really they're in and out then in 45 minutes to an hour max and the donation part of it is really only five to ten minutes of that entire time frame. So looking at the website right now and going through looking at LifeServe Blood Center, you guys are at a critically low level for a lot of different blood types. And we've talked about this with you, Danielle, the last couple of years, just what a different and odd time it's been. You guys haven't been able to do the same kind of blood drives. Where are you guys right now and, and how important it is for people to get out, even if they can't make it next Friday, to get out and donate blood? Yeah, it has definitely been a challenging summer. I would say the need for blood products always goes up in the summer, Mm -hmm. and we usually see a dip in donations. But this summer, even more than the last couple through the height of the pandemic, we've seen less donors come out this summer. So we're hoping that blood drives like this or other blood drives around this time frame will get people in the door. We are closed on Labor Day. 
So this is really critical for us to help boost those collections because we lose a whole day of blood collection on Labor Day, too. So the the time frame uh, next Friday, 730 until two o'clock, what times are usually your peak times? So if you, you know, you want one of these times, you want to you want to go through the process, you want to help out, you want to get involved with, you know, since KXNO's name is on it. Uh, what are some of the peak times that you should sign up in advance? Because maybe those times would not be available the longer you wait. Normally, the very beginning of the blood drive is always the busiest time frame. I think everybody wants to snag those appointments right at the beginning. Right now, all of our appointments, really from 7.30 to 9 a.m., are open. Um, so people still have a lot of opportunities there. But I would say it's normally the very beginning of the blood drive that seems to be the most popular. We'll have the Hawk shirts at the blood drive, and they're what color do you bleed theme going into the Hawk weekend so people really like that shirt also we'll have those physically there and they can snag that right then and there and wear it this that weekend if they'd like to so you got the shirts you got everything going on and of course uh being able to do it also a principal park kind of a cool event that you guys have had i remember the first year it was ungodly cold and we were sitting outside <laughs> but they uh, moved us inside the yes last time, right? and we were inside we the last did. time yeah so uh, what's yes. the game plan there and the great thing is you guys have the mobile uh the bus, if you will, where you can just go inside. Even if it is chilly that day, you're going to be okay. So, yes, yeah, so we've actually moved the entire blood drive inside, and we're in the sweeps area, nice. which is really cool because it oversees the field. So it's a great view for our blood donors as they're going through their donation process. And rain or shine, it will <laughs> be a good temperature for them. And then we'll have the shirts there. We'll have snacks. And we also have food that's going to be provided from Fresh Fit Meals for our blood donors that day, too. Awesome. So let's go through the process, Danielle. Just, um, you know, you want to get involved. It's next Friday. So you go to the website, lifeservebloodcenter.org. How do you find the KXNO blood drive? So there are a couple different ways. They can search by zip code, city, and find it around Des Moines. Or it's also under our news and events page. So if they're at lifeservebloodcenter.org, news and events is at the very top right-hand corner. We have a calendar of events. They can find the KXNO blood drive there and the link to schedule right from that page. Or they can give us a call to 800-287-4903, and we can help get them on the schedule too. I'm looking at the website right now. It is indeed in the upper right corner, news and events, and click on it, and the information is all there. Danielle, we will continue to promote this in the days ahead. Let's fill up those time slots. Again, the process takes, fair to say, uh, carve out an hour of your day to go through this. Fair? Yes, absolutely. I would say an hour tops, especially if you have an appointment. That way we are expecting you. We're ready for you. We can get you in and out. Like I said, the real donation time is five to 10 minutes. You'll come in, you'll get checked in. You'll do your health history questionnaire. If you haven't already done it, um, we do a mini physical. Then you have your donation and then we'll have food and your t-shirt and nutter butters and apple juice and all of that at the end of your donation. It's 7.30 in the morning. Those are the first appointments. They go right through 2 in the afternoon, 7.30 until 2, lifeservebloodcenter.org. Danielle, uh, best of luck. We'll see you there. Thank you, Danielle West. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Danielle West from LifeServe Blood Center, the annual KX. You know, what color do you bleed? Cardinal and gold, black and gold. It's that time of year. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. I did it.
Just a couple years ago when we were out there. It was pre-pandemic you did it, right? It was, yeah. yeah. I think it was the first year that we were out there. Quick, easy, Mm -hmm. and I was done in, what, 20 minutes? Didn't take you long. Yeah, it was really, really quick. So it's easy, something important, something good, and maybe tell your boss, hey, I'm going to duck out for a little bit and get yourself a little break the day before it's a big game. Well, I mean, if you start work at 8.30 and you've got a 7.30 appointment and you tell someone in the office you might be five or ten minutes late, you don't think you're going to... Trent, when you uh, when you put uh, the uh, the critical need for blood, I went to the main the home page. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that's alarming. Yeah, isn't it kind of crazy? Every single seemingly, they they looks as though they're good on uh, a a positive, um, O positive and negative critically low, uh, A negative critically low, B positive and negative critically low. That's a lot of blood types. I mean, of the what is there eight of them listed? Critically low on five of them, but it's after the summer. Do you know what blood type you are? I did it one time. I'm universal. Do you know what that is? I don't know. I, I, maybe that's a Canadian thing. It could be. Um, I think that's the not the most not popular. Not popular. <laughs> I think more people have what I have than any other type. I think. I don't even remember what I have. It's been so long, right? Yeah, it's been so. Long. Well, it's been three years for me. It's been three years for you. Anyway. I got other things. I got sports betting lines in the back of my head. <laughs> I don't got. I don't got a spot for what kind of blood that I actually have. I did know at one point. Anyways, uh, hour two coming up. John Bowen Camp will join us. He was at the Iowa media availability yesterday. I look forward to catching up with John, and then off to Chicago. David Kaplan, who, by the way. Uh, is is joining the drive tomorrow afternoon. Oh, he is. He nice. is. He's going to be on with Sean and Heather. I think three twenty, three twenty-five on Thursday. But he'll be with uh, with us at eleven thirty. Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO.